Balchai had on more than one occasion heard her mother telling Lady Wang and other people that the golden locket she wore had been given her by a monk, who insisted when she grew up, the person she married must be someone who had a jade to match the gold. This was one of the reasons why she tended to keep aloof from Baoyu. The slight embarrassment she always felt as a result of her mother's chatter had yesterday been greatly intensified when Yuan Chun singled her out as the only girl to receive the same selection of presents as Baoyu. She was relieved to think that Baoyu, so wrapped up in Daiyu that his thoughts were only of her, was unaware of her embarrassment. But now, here was Baoyu, smiling at her with sudden interest. Do you want to read? <laughs> do you want to read Feng Ziying's poem, and I'll sing his song? Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, the girl's upset. Her husband's ill, and she's in debt. The girl looks glum. The gale has turned her room into a slum. The girl feels blessed. She's got twin babies at the breast. The girl's content, waiting a certain pleasurable event. Uh, um. So his song is. You're so exciting and so inviting. You're my Mary Contrary. You're a crazy mad thing. You're my goddess, but oh, you're deaf to my praying. Why won't you listen to what I'm saying? If you don't believe me, make a small investigation. You will soon find out the true depth of my admiration. <laughs> uh, so then he takes a drink and he picks up a piece of chicken from one of the dishes um, and recites the line, From moonlit cot, the cry of Chanticleer which I guess is a, a form of um, chicken. Um, I guess I have less to say about uh, his responses. Yeah, I guess, I guess two things. One, we were talking about um, <clears throat> like male gaze or projection. Um, and um, the line about the girl feels blessed. She's got twin babies at the breast. Certainly for some parents, having twins is, a, is definitely a, a blessing. But I think there's like a certain uh, I don't know exactly what it is like maleness in assuming that this is unequivocally a blessing I suppose to for like to be like to have babies <laughs> you know I, I I'm not sure I think that one probably stuck out for me as quite a big example of, of I mean my my defense would be uh you know in this society it's kind of um incumbent upon uh women to uh 
give birth to male heirs, right? Which we, we can obviously and we should criticize. But, you know, if you're in that society, um, you can imagine you have like one male child, a, a certain pressure, you know, is um, drops from your shoulders almost immediately. And if you have twins, given, you know, problems with infant mortality, the chances of one of those twins surviving is, is probably pretty decent. <laughs> You've doubled um, your chances. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have twins. It's almost like an insurance plan for, you know, probably a better way <laughs> that to is phrase way that. Of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, and so that maybe that's that's kind of the idea. And so it, it isn't entirely, um, you know, I, I it's impossible for me to really, given our limited understanding of this character so far, to hypothesize. Um, that's true. That's true. You know, I, but uh, that that would be the most charitable reading, let's say. Uh, but I, I think your reading is equally uh, plausible. Well, I think well. they're not they're not necessarily inconsistent. Uh, um. Uh, mm-hmm. the, yeah right it's 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 ambiguous that's why this exercise would be interesting in a party you know because uh, you know sometimes it's you know people want to uh, you know, broach difficult topics and if you do it in, in the form of art and song uh, it creates a kind of um, yeah yeah it's interesting to see reveals about people the other thing I wanted to talk about is the final line which in the Hawks is the girl's content, waiting at a certain pleasurable event. But in the Chinese, it's um, si xiang hua yuan, so secretly going to the garden, tao xi shuai, so literally to scoop up like a cricket or grasshopper, something like that. It's, is this a kind of complex uh-huh. euphemism that we're not uh, understanding? Um, I, I searched for for, you know, uses of this as a as a term for something else because i presume she's not literally going to scoop up crickets um secretly um but i couldn't find <clears throat> i couldn't really find any um uh yeah i i kind of assumed based on hawks's reading which you know I, he's not doing this translation alone uh he's, he's consulting all the available commentaries at least you know from when he wrote it Right, um, and he's t- he has editors and, and lots of people working with him, presumably. Uh, I guess there's probably at least some kind of consensus here that this is uh, kind of a euphemistic. Uh, I'm not sure if it indicates maybe some kind of um, unknown uh, paramour, like you know, some kind of um, something on the side, so to speak. Yeah, I think that must be it, right? If I yeah, if I were had I been translating this. It's such an interesting, um, like the actual image of, um, yeah, of scooping up uh, crickets, right? Tao Shi Shui. It's such an interesting image. I would have just been more faithful to the original, but maybe added a footnote and be yeah, like, "This is absolutely. probably a euphemism." So, what about his song? What did you make of that? You know, it's less it's less silly in the original. <laughs> I, I, I think um. the the Hawks translation. Uh, it makes it seem kind of um, the tone is a little bit different. Maybe, uh, maybe I, I kind of, um, you know, I retreated from Mary Contrary. I did a bit <laughs> as well. Yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of get what he's, what he's, um, what I understand what he's angling at. But yeah, I didn't necessarily completely agree with the with the tone. But, but the underlying content is is oh, the underlying message is is right, which is that it's a song sung to 
one that you are passionate for uh but who you know is some way kind of confounding or or impossible um for for the person you know i would say that uh the original uh has a lot of images that harken back to material from like even from chapter one where or and also from chapter five right and so it goes nishiga koran nishiga doching and and the doching we've seen before like a um I think Bao Yu was described as, you know, Doqing, excessively. Uh, oh yeah, lascivious. Yeah. I think it was in in the. I think in Disenchantment accuses him of being a, a Doqing. Uh, Lung Zixing is, you know, using that term. Um, he, he's applying it uh, to uh, a female companion. So maybe that's something going on there. Um, and then it's Nishiga Diaozuan Gu Guai. And so you're like this, like this kind of um, crafty, like more, more yeah. literally like a crafty uh, spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of, spirit yeah, yeah, Dixon exactly. Crafty, kind of cunning, thing. wily, something yeah. like that. Yeah. The, the next line is, uh, So you're, you're this like, you know, you're this supernatural being. Um, like, uh, but, it's, it's, it's. I think it's kind of a, a play on words. Like, um, how would you like? It's not literally like. It's not just like, Ling in the sense of, um, not in the sense here of spirit, but that's kind of the that's the pun, you know, a little bit. Yeah, this, somehow like I put it as like you're supernatural, but like soulless somehow. Like yes, you that's good. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. you're you're but you you lack spirit, even though you're, yeah. You are a spirit. You're a spiritless spirit, kind of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. implication. Yeah, something. Like um, so it's it's kind of a a little more interesting, I think, in the original. And his his uh, classical reference is to a uh, Wen Tingyun poem, yeah. um, which I actually have opened up here. I'm not sure if we have time for it though. That's a good translation of it. If anyone wants to find it, it's uh, in uh, Paul Paul Rouser's translation. Uh, his book entitled, um, I think it's like Dreaming, Writing Another's Dream. I think one of the longest um, kind of works in English dedicated to Wen Tingyun's poems, which are important for this uh, uh, for this novel because Bao Yu's poetry is often compared to Wen Tingyun, uh, and we've seen a few kind of references here and there. Uh, to that effect. And, and the the line he quotes and the 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 section that it's from um is this example of um a form of poetry that doesn't use any verbs um which lends itself much more freely to i guess, I guess like greater um, multiplicity of meaning you know yeah but the the poem doesn't have any direct reference relevance to the themes i'm looking here like i i don't see any obvious relevance to the themes mm-hmm. I don't think so. Particularly. I, I, yeah, so we can, we can skip that. So, next up is um, uh, Yunar, and she begins. The girl's upset, not knowing how the future's to be met. And she's interrupted by Xue Pan. Uh, and he says, you know, don't worry, Uncle Xue will take care of you. Anyway, he's quickly shushed. She continues. The girl looks glum. Nothing but blows and hard words from her mum. And Xue Pan inter- interrupts again, you know. Um, 
I saw that mum of yours the other day and I told her that she wasn't to beat you. <laughs> anyway, then the others say, if you keep interrupting, we're going to make you drink 10 cups as it's, punishment. It's like really insufferable, but also kind of presumptuous, yeah. you know, yeah. like, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's very irritating, like, <laughs> characteristic. Um, um, anyway, she continues. The girl feels blessed. Her young man's rich and beautifully dressed. The girl's content. She's been performing in a big event. So how about her song? A flower began to open in the month of May. Along came a honeybee to sport and play. He pushed and he squeezed to get inside. But he couldn't get in however hard he tried. So on the flower's lip he just hung around. A playing the seesaw up and down. Oh my honey sweet. Oh my sweets of sin. If I don't open up. How will you get in? And then she picks up a peach uh, and says, So Bonnie blooms the peach tree O. So, <laughs> aside from the interruptions, like, <laughs> what, what do you make of all of these? Uh, like, is there a, do, you, do you think that thematically these kind of fit together? Is there a, you know, um, is there a clearer, like a, a larger message? Yeah, you know, I think her poems kind of represent uh obliquely her actual um kind of you know dreams and aspirations um which i can imagine to be uh representative of um her like social station more or less um maybe because we don't know too much about this character uh there's not much else to go off um, it's very clear that she's not that impressed with uh, Shrippan. Yeah. Um, and there's some kind of indications there. She she uh, she tolerates him because that's her job, is to be uh-huh. tolerant of boorish and oafish men. Right. Um, but maybe maybe she has her her sights set higher, uh, in various ways. Um, and, and it's interesting that her. Uh, there seems to be again some indication that uh, she wants to, she, she kind of dreams of or aspires to uh, uh, achieving some kind of like more properly performative, a more a more public performative role. Yeah, which yeah. would be a step up in this kind of this social hierarchy. Yeah, both absolutely. then and now, you know. I, I, like um, I think I think you're right. I think that there's some of her concerns definitely shine through i mean the first line the worry about being left alone in old age you know um mm-hmm. that hawk says not knowing how the future is to be met but the um in the chinese it's uh the the line is like uh so like who will i lean on who who will who will she lean on right you know? and the implication uh, here is very much uh some kind of male uh you know patriarchal figure um yeah i mean i guess it's the nature of society at the time right there's very little very few ways in which a woman could be genuinely like self-supporting on her own like stand on her own two feet without the support of of men uh yeah and i think that yeah as a you know as a a female entertainer like she i I feel like she could certainly worry about being kind of displaced by somebody kind of younger and firmer and you know more attractive i suppose um um and so this is interesting because this, this this whole exercise is about um 
you know, what would uh, women want effectively, right? Uh, and this is the only yeah. female voice yeah. that, uh, like, is involved in yeah. this activity. Um, you, you could do yeah. a whole, I mean, I, I guess if you wanted to look at, uh, like, feminist issues in this novel, this would be a, um, a kind of an interesting case study uh, to, to isolate. Yeah, and it's a shame that we don't really, like, learn more about her, because I think she's potentially a very interesting character, you know. Um, I mean, in the next line when she says, like, wondering when her, her, her mother will, like, stop hitting and hitting her and cursing at her. And this, the, the mother figure is, we think, probably, like, the madame of the brothel um, rather than her literal mother. And, um, you know, the next line, in the Hawks, it's... Um, her young man's rich and beautifully dressed, but I actually think the Chinese is more like, yeah. So Qianglang bu she huan jia li. So Qianglang is like your your young young man, your 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 lover. Bu she does not leave huan jia li, but in fact returns home basically. And so for her, life is just a kind of sequence of men taking what they want from her and then leaving. Um, but rarely any opportunity for her to um, have, like, someone, I guess, be kind of dear to her and be kind of constant, you know, to, to actually be around, to remain. Um, so, yeah, it does seem to speak to these quite, like, mm -hmm. deep-seated... Although, I read that line a little differently. Uh, so, it's... Because that's, that's Nuar Shi. This is, this is something that the Nuar would want. So yeah, right, 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 yeah, 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 exactly. So what what they want is exactly. a, so in the ideal, someone to stay the... and not go home, you know. So a Qinglong who is like Busha, like reluctant to go, reluctant to part. No, no, that 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 was my reading as well. Exactly. Oh, okay, okay. In the ideal, in the ideal, yeah, absolutely. Her 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 man stays around. Oh, okay, um, okay. But but the reality for her is that like that, I guess maybe isn't what happens in actuality. Right. Okay. Right. And so yeah, I mean that's believable for sure right that, that's a, a plausible like concern and also desire right um you know the la the next line uh uh it's kind of interesting so like it's like she wants to like literally uh to put down the uh the 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 shall uh pipe the like the so the shall is um this it's kind of like a panpipe, basically. It's a a mouth organ with maybe five or so uh, uh, pipes to blow in. Um, I think a panpipe would probably be the closest, yeah, uh, kind of you know, Western rendering. Um, and, and she wants to instead play the uh, literally the the silk strings, and this is a reference specifically to the kinds of instruments they would use in uh, uh, Beijing opera. Um, I didn't. I didn't grasp that. Yeah. All right. And and so it's it's a, it's it's so it's a it's a more. I mean, a more kind of um, I guess a higher status instrument intended for, uh, like a a, a larger kind of uh, more exquisite uh, performance, and that's kind of the, I, I think it's the motivation behind, uh, behind Hawks rendering it performing in a big event. Right. That's kind of that's the gist of that, that's the implication, uh, you know, in, you know, putting down the, the pan pipe and uh, and starting to play the silk strings.
so from her, yeah, it's uh, the girl is aspirational. The girl wants to leave behind the um, the privations or like difficulties of her current life and and go on to some happier imagined future. Um, what about her song? This is what I definitely would say is that there's like th this is one of the more like explicit sex reference. Or like one of the more explicit songs in terms of its references to sex. Uh, I mean, because obviously, uh, because the relationship between flowers and bees is to do with like fertility. You know, bees help flowers to fer to become fertilized, basically. Um, and the flower itself is like a can be a sexual symbol. Um, and the thing of the um, the bee wanting to like find a way inside and the flower not opening up to let him in is uh, also very like clearly sexually suggestive to me um uh-huh um right so that's that's the third month right that's the the time of spring uh the specific flower is doko uh which i guess is cardamom oh that um, that sounds right yeah yeah uh which actually uh it's it's referenced in a famous uh poem by dumu so uh, a ninth century Tang poet. Uh, the, the poem in question is Zeng Bie. Um, it, it's also it's it's a common kind of um, I guess it's a stock metaphor for um, like uh, like youthful beauty, right? Uh, yep. In particular, feminine beauty. Yep. Uh, traditionally speaking. And so, is this somehow like um, uh, is the the flower that refuses to open some kind of symbol for like virginity then is that what the way we're supposed to understand it yeah right um that's kind of and, and it's very clear uh especially in hawks's reading in <laughs> excuse me in hawks's reading and so you could imagine the uh the, the kind of the the bee who came early right who came early to the party as well um is, is the one she's trying to keep out you know <laughs> yeah. and yeah. maybe wait for a a better prospect whether it's whether it's uh lungsing or uh fungsing excuse me or I, I think even more ideally uh bao yu right yeah i think that's probably about right um and so i guess once again we just see the the phenomenon that's quite common in this book of um like seeing like romantic and sexual relationships as a as not just like a um a vehicle for achieving like um your own kind of like fulfillment but also uh for like achieving social advancement in one form or another so what about her poem this this little i mean the line of poetry right it's the the one that in hawks is so bonnie blooms the peach tree oh because she lifts up a, a peach um the line in chinese is um tao zhi yao yao um and it's a anonymous poet uh, thought to be early Qin Dynasty from the Shi Jing, the book, the classic of poetry. So one of the real like old ancient Chinese texts. Okay. I I think this is maybe a reference to herself, um, because this Yao 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 is kind of like um, slight kind of tender and luxuriant somehow, um, um, but it also has a separate meaning which is like uh to like wither or fade or even die young so yeah in in the manner of flowers you know a kind of brilliant bloom followed by a 
swift kind of withering and so that's maybe again a reflection of her own um yeah but it could just as it could just as much be i suppose amusing on the like <clears throat> nature of nature of human existence i know? mean maybe you could say her intended uh like you know meaning for yao for her she's emphasizing you know like gentleness tenderness um all, all these kinds of things we were talking about uh but the fact that it also yeah. has this like extra layer of meaning of you know to die early a premature death maybe that's the author uh by way of premonition you know we've seen a lot of that and, and that, would, that would kind of play to the theme of if you want to give it like a uh like a post-structuralist reading of you know like language uh <laughs> like language and its implicate language and its implications sort of uh, escaping the grasp mm-hmm. of its user that kind of thing uh, that's how i would read yeah. it but the actual the original poem uh <laughs> yeah tao yao uh is fairly short and it has no uh it seems overwhelmingly positive uh, you could imagine it would be something maybe that even was, you know, uh, like sung, you know, commonly in the fields, you know, on a, on a on a glorious day like today, at least here here in Southern California, if not in Hong Kong, uh, just just yet. Um, um, yeah. Okay. So do you want to do Shuapan yeah. next? <laughs> yes. Yes. This is the uh, the comic relief for the chapter. Yeah. And it, it got it got some actual laughs out of it, <laughs> so I was I was impressed. Um, let me find. Shall it. we just read? We can read it aloud. You could almost be, if you would like, you can be Shuapan, and I will read the other the bits around it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was now Shuapan's turn. Uh, oh yes. Now let's see. Uh, I have something to say, don't I? The girl's upset. But nothing followed. All right. What's she upset about then? said Feng Ziying with a laugh. Buck up! Xuepan appeared to be engaged in a species of mental effort so frightful that his eyes seemed to pop about <laughs> that his eyes seemed to pop out of his head. After glaring fixedly for an unconscionable time, he said The girl's upset <coughs> He coughed a couple of times. Then at last it came. The girl's upset she's married to a marmoset. The others greeted this with a roar of laughter. What are you laughing at? Said said Shuapan. <laughs> That's perfectly reasonable, isn't it? If a girl was expecting a proper husband and he turned out to be one of them, she'd have cause to be upset, wouldn't she? His audience were by now doubled up. That's very true, they conceded. Very good. Now, what about the next bit? <laughs> Shuapan... So that, that counts. Yeah. That's, like, that's good enough. That counts. <laughs> Shuapan glared a while, very concentratedly, and then... The girl looks glum. But after that was silence. Come on, said the others. Why was he? Why was she glum? His dad's a baboon with a big red bum. <laughs> <laughs> Pay the forfeit, they cried. The first one was bad enough. We really can't let this one go. It's great because the the first one, it's like it technically like okay, like you know, kind of like it's technically correct. It rhymes. Uh, both, you know, in the Hawks and, and in the original. But this one, it's like, it's too much. It, uh, like, it's the same, like, it's basically the same level of yeah. abstraction. It's, it's, we saw this before uh, with, uh, 
during the riddle section, Jia Huan was completely unable to conceive of the exercise as, like, as just like an exercise in imagine, like an abstraction, in, in the use of metaphor and simile. Was that a uh, Jia Huan? Am I remembering correctly? Who had the really yes. bad riddle? Yeah, it was. This is kind of the same sort of uh, obtuseness. Yeah, uh, it's the, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty similar, isn't it? Yeah. All right, so um, <laughs> eventually Bao allows it to pass. He says, you know, basically it rhymes. As long as it rhymes, it's fine. And then uh, Yunar, she actually suggests, she offers to do the last two lines for him. But this... Um, and so uh, Shrepan says, piss off. Uh, do you think I haven't got any good lines of my own? Listen to this. It's like like I'm about to like you know I'm about to like throw down uh, <laughs> some sick uh, some sick rhymes uh, and, and you know this one's good yeah he goes uh, the girl feels blessed in bridal bower she takes her rest and so it sounds pretty good in the Hawks and it's pretty good in the original as well uh, it's kind of a reference to a uh, a Dufu poem actually yeah um, yeah. It's good. Uh, yeah, the others stare at him yeah, in amazement. Yeah. I say, old chap, that's a bit poetical for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're very impressed. <laughs> but then to round it off, he he brings it back down to he brings it back down to the um, <laughs> the kind of crass vulgar level, right? Yeah, she she yeah, he's got it. Uh, so um, should I read this one? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, uh, the girl's content. She's got a big prick up her vent. Said Shripan. That's not me. <laughs> the others, the others looked away with expressions of disgust. Yeah, it was too um, much. She crossed the line. <laughs> so he raises, he raises their hopes with this very poetical third line, and then he brings it thundering back down to earth with this, like, um, yeah, yeah, this final line. Um. <laughs> um, so then he begins his song, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so bad they make him stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically um, um in the hawks uh one little gnat went hum 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 and it just starts like humming al- along and then he, <laughs> and then he says two little flies went bum yeah. bum bum <laughs> which is a pretty good uh which is very what's yeah it's a close approximation of what's <laughs> happening in the original uh, a perfect translation yeah yeah they agree to let him off there um so what do you want to do you want to take a look at the uh his poem, you know, maybe a little bit. I mean, it's it again. It's kind of you get what you see here, for the most part. Um, yeah, I, the, the first line Hawks translates it as marmoset because I suppose it rhymes with upset. But the original Chinese is wu uh, gui, so tortoise, basically uh, turtle or tortoise. Um, but this is uh, uh, very likely a like a euphemism for a cuckold. Uh huh. Um, so you can see that I think that part of the game and part of the you know the story is that like there's a constant like maybe undertone of like kind of sexual euphemism and jokes um but he just comes right out and says it <laughs> you know like he 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 doesn't really get like the sort of the joke aspect of it maybe or like the the um the like indirect aspect of it although maybe. you know it's interesting you could say here that this is a kind of a an example of how Actually, like the the use of rhyming and the association we've seen between rhyming and dreaming, 
shows you how the mind works where when you have these um these like these structures in place uh it's like it, it like clears the water enough that you kind of see the the depths you know and so just in in it you know he has he has to rhyme a word with bay and so he chooses ugwe uh cuckold right but that like that like is a way for his unconscious to you know emerge from the bottom uh and, and all we all we see almost as if by accident but not really by accident it's almost like a kind of um using rhymes to provoke freudian slips you know yeah poetry being somehow a kind of window in the soul right, right? and so we see immediately that this these are the kinds of things that he is concerned about and he's going to be concerned about you know later in this novel as well uh and, and so these games are really interesting uh and maybe that's one reason to kind the, of uh yeah to to we need to, we need to start like playing rhyming games again so we can understand <laughs> our our friends uh fears like and desires better yeah 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 do you want to look at the the good line the one good line from his poem <laughs> sure yeah um this is the uh 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 Chi or or actually no that's, that's wrong. Let me get Nuzishi uh Chi and so uh is a, a Chengyu, meaning, you know, uh it's another uh metonymic Chengyu, right? So it's, it's literally like your bridal room and uh, flower or uh, decorative candles, but what it's really designated like wedding festivities, right? Um, and the, and the three the, the final line, zao yong chi, means you know in the morning a kind of unwillingness to to rise. You know you're you're just too contented. You're 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 in bed. Uh, you know the temperature is just right under the under the covers you know you finally arrived in terms of this you know this like social system where you know you, you you're surrounded by wedding presents and everything's perfect yeah. finally kind of achievement um, unlocked sort of thing right and the and the zao yong chi uh appears in a in a du fu poem uh kind of to to similar effect oh, i see i see so that's the illusion there um um <laughs> The, the 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 fourth and final line where he brings it crashing back down to earth is uh new arla egan and in the version we've got it just says egan wang li chuo so a long th- a long thin thing pokes her inside um but this i think is prudishness on the part of the um the the c- because there are these various different versions in chinese of the text and the one that mm-hmm. we're reading from um, has maybe had some parts uh, edited or abridged. Because oh. apparently it, the, the original reads Egan Jiba Wang Li Chuo. So it makes very explicit that the long thing thing is a penis. Um, um, it's it's not even like, there's no beating around the bush. So I thought it was like he couldn't even think of uh, like seven characters. And so he's just like, you know, he just like goes for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but that makes sense as well. Yeah. yeah. And then his song is terrible and he doesn't have to think of the classical allusion 
they're just they want to get him <laughs> off stage. Yeah, yeah. The the the, uh, the curved uh, what do you call it? The, like the curved uh, rod is, is it emerges from the side of the stage. <laughs> yeah, he gets the hook. The hook. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, so um, <laughs> lastly is Jiang Yuhan, right? Uh huh. Um, I'll do the poem this time. How about that? <clears throat> so this um, is the the actor, and as you said, female impersonator. Yeah. The girl's upset. Her man's away, she fears he will forget. The girl looks glum. So short of cash, she can't afford a crumb. The girl feels blessed. Her lampwick's got a lucky crest. The girl's content. She's married to a perfect gent. And then the his song is um, along the same lines of this, as the previous one. Um, a mischievous bundle of charm and love, or an angel come down from the skies above, sweet sixteen and so very green, yet eager to see all there is to be seen. Aye, 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 the galaxy's high in the roof of the sky, and the drum from the tower sounds the midnight hour. So trim the lamp, love, and come with me inside the bed curtains, and you shall see. Um, and then finally. His classical allusion is the line, the flower's aroma breathes of hotter days. Um, so this is a line we've seen before um, several times. And it's the line from which the name of Bayou's foremost female maidservant, Aroma Siran, comes from. Right. So it was originally in uh, Chinka Ching's bedroom. And Baoyu saw it it in Chikaching's bedroom, and he used that as as in as his inspiration for renaming, uh, you know, uh, his maid Hua Xiran. Uh, it, it's a, it's original. Its original source actually is from a, a famous uh, Southern Song uh, poet by the name of Lu Yo, um, and so the the Southern Southern uh, Southern Song. Uh, that, that dynasty lasts from uh, 1127 to 1279, and Luyo uh, lived uh, 1125 to 1209. Um, it's a little bit later than a lot of the, uh, the, the Tong material that we've been looking at. Um, we are, I, I think, to imagine that uh, it's possible that uh, Zhang Yuhan likewise saw this poem during his own visit perhaps to the the wrong uh compound it's a little bit unclear but that's a that's a likely hypothesis i think the implication is that you know he is from a kind of a working background it's unclear whether he would have had uh the opportunity to read to read uh, luyo's poems so how else would he um have stumbled across it, uh, and actually, he says in the in the text, you know, I happened to see a couplet. I happened to see a couplet on somebody's wall the other day, which has struck, which has stuck in my mind. Uh, and so, all of this is by way of um, suggesting to us as a reader that he uh, has set his eyes upon uh, Shiran. Um, but there's no indication whatsoever that Bao Yu is like conscious of this. Uh, 
Although there is maybe some indication that he is unconscious of this. You know, his unconscious might be aware of this, but he is so, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's how his personality works. He's the kind of person that, like, you know, like, I really think some people, like, use their unconscious, you know, like, it does a lot of the work for them. I, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think it's kind of how, like, uh, how Bao Yu is able to, you know, get through the world, for better or for worse. And probably he's able to um, kind of keep so much unconscious, you know, on account of his wealth and wealth and privilege, right? It's like other people maybe can't get away with that as easily. Uh, that's my read, at least. And so if we, if we go back to the... Uh, you know, if we go back to his poems and to his song, arguably all of these could be um, applied to Shiren. Although that is, at least on my part, somewhat speculative. So I, I want to, I want to hear what you thought. What are your thoughts? Uh, no, t t tell me your interpretation there. Like, how, what do you think of the? I mean, the, the poem. How do you tie them to her? His lines are pretty generic. I mean, they're kind of big. the idea of being short of cash. That could that could uh, apply to anyone, but then again, you know, Shiren is of lower status, relatively speaking, so she would be more likely to be uh, short of cash than, um, you know, if if his if his uh, the object of his affection were uh, a noble woman, you know, that maybe that uh, that line wouldn't have occurred to him, right? Um, even if he's not necessarily uh, pairing everything one for one with Shiren, you know, I guess the idea that, that some of the, some of these other details are simply interesting to me, like uh, the idea that have your lampwick having a second flame is like a good luck sign. Apparently. Yeah, that somehow like the wick, the wick splits. And then both of the split ends are 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 like, yeah. and this somehow resembles like a flower or a stamen or something, and that this is traditionally okay. a symbol of of good luck. I think. Yeah, I, I thought that was just kind of an interesting image. Um, I, I think his his answers are adequate at least, right? Maybe on account of his, you know, his uh, pursuing kind of an art, kind of a creative profession. He's able to um, improvise with greater alacrity. After he has like delivered his, uh, you know, his three tasks, um, Shuapan begins making a fuss, right? Uh, and the the fuss here is that he thinks that the, because obviously in that final line in the in the poetic illusion, you have to refer to an object on the table. And include a, a line that that has that that word in it, right? Um, and the he picks up a flower, and the the line begins hua qi, so the 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 scent of the flowers. But what um, Shuapan hears is xi ren, xi ren, the next two characters, um, and he says, um, in he thinks that a, a xi ren is a word for like a a, a like a in Hawks, he says doll. In the Chinese, it's Baobei, so like a, a like a gem or a jewel or a precious thing, something like that, right? And he knows this that, you know, <clears throat> because Baoyu has named Aroma Xi Ren, and because they have such a close relationship, he's always assumed that, you know, 
I think he's assumed that Shiran is like a word for like someone who's kind of like precious to you kind of thing. I don't know. You is know, that... I think he is literally like he he hasn't thought that she, that that Shiran is anything besides a name of the maid in the household. Yeah. And so when he refers to uh, the the jewel, you know, the balbay, like the I, I think um, Hawks just translate that as doll. You know, he's literally just referring to Shiran the person. Again, he has this like difficulty of uh, like thinking abstractly. <laughs> and so, so yeah. the idea that that like Shiran as a name has any like actual like concrete significance is like unimaginable to him. Right. Yeah, which yeah. is which is itself almost unimaginable given how you know so many of these names that we've seen are obviously uh designating you know kind of artistic things it's just a sign of his like 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 this like extreme like oafishness i think uh to to the extent that yeah he, he can't imagine that you know the reason why she's called shiren is because it's a line from a poem meaning to attract one to attract people you know uh uh <laughs> and, and and so he just he, and he's like yeah well i, I don't he's like well shiren's not yeah. here doesn't <laughs> yeah, count it's kind of frustrating but kind of funny i think that, I, that's how i, read I think it, that's about right i think that's about right uh, and in response but it's kind of interesting oh yeah well it, it's kind of interesting because like it, in a way he he's wrong but in being wrong he's like dead dead right in a way you know like uh like uh jong yuhan was trying to like kind of um subtly you know speak to his affection yeah for Baoyu's maid which is you know kind of a touchy subject you know because Baoyu's maid in the society is more or less right is like pseudo property right um uh and so he's like using art you know, using art to kind of indirectly kind of uh, uh, express a uh, potentially a deep desire, right? Uh, but but uh, uh, Shrepan is so uh, obtuse that he like he he sees through the uh, the mirage because he's you know he he has no capacity to see anything besides uh, like concrete symbols. It, it's I, I guess it's sort of a, a funny. Uh, like twist of the logic, like uh, uh, yeah. but uh, but I I kind of I, I cut you off a little bit. No, 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 yeah. no, not at all, not at all. But but you're right. Like in 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 doing so, in kind of blurting it out, he gives the game away. Like that's <laughs> it, really, isn't it? But I think still, I, I, Bao Yu has no indication. Uh, he doesn't seem to realize this at all. Uh, which is which is also funny because he's supposed to be this like master poet. Like how how could you be a master poet if you don't see the like the implication of of yeah. language? What's, what's right in front of you? Um, yeah, and he's yeah. actually very taken with uh, Zhang Yuhan, and that kind of leads to the next scene, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they both go outside to have a pee, right? Um, and while they're having a pee. Bayou reaches over and just like starts holding his hand, which is this very like intimate gesture, right? And we know about Bayou that 
I think we can sort of consider him bisexual. Um, he's definitely had both like uh, men and women as sexual partners. Um, mm-hmm. And Chin Jong is gone now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah, his, his friend who, yeah, it was very explicit that they were having sex. Um, has yeah died quite a few chapters back. He describes Jiang Yuhan as this using this particular term, right? Wu Mei Wen Rou, which is um, a very they're very like feminine coded terms, you know, um, as adjectives. It's kind of like soft, gentle, lovely, that kind of thing. And, and you know, if, um, if he's playing the, you know, if he's playing the female impersonator, we are to assume that he would be of a, um, like a more traditionally eff- effeminate, like uh, build and composition, right? Um, right. Yeah, I think that's right. And so I see this as a kind of a clear kind of uh, almost like a replacement for, for Chin Jong, uh, who, you know, has passed away not too long ago. Uh, uh, so they have this funny exchange, though, right, where he says, um, Bao Yu says, there's this actor from your troupe that I've been desperate to meet. He goes under the name in the Hawks. He uses the term bijou, again, a French word. This seems to be the the thing that like <laughs> actors and prostitutes are given french names in in hawks I, I noticed that as well whereas like uh like religious uh religious figures are given um latin yeah. names yes yeah. uh, <laughs> that's exactly. kind of funny um, um and the in in chinese it's uh qiguan. um basically it's like qi is like a kind of very like fine jade um so, uh, like a bijou, like originally, yeah, it's like something dainty and elegant and kind of like highly prized. So it kind of fits, you know. Um, and uh, Zhang Yuhan says, well, that's actually me. That's the stage name I perform under. Um, um, and this has uh, you very excited and happy. And so he says, first of all, you must come around and visit us sometimes. And also... Since we're meeting for the first time, let me give you a, a, a like a gift. Um, and he breaks the the jade pendant off his fan, so he has one of those hand fans, and the hanging on a thread is a little jade pendant. So he breaks that off and gives it to him. Um, and then uh, Yuhan gives him his own kind of belt. Um, um, it's described here as a cummerbund, right? It's kind of sash that you wear around your waist. Um, um, in return, it's a it's a gift that he himself had just recently received. Um, it's from it's like a tribute um, item. So this idea of like countries outside of China sending gifts as a form of like uh, diplomacy, um, um, and this is from some distant land, uh, and it's very fragrant and it's deep red and it soaks up your sweat so that you don't smell in summertime, basically. Um, and in return, Bayou has to take off his belt so that Yuhan's trousers don't fall down, basically. Um, so he swaps his dark green one for this dark red one. Yeah, the actual term is uh, Qian, which is kind of a, a, an important... I, I associate that again with the uh, this like crimson or like... It, it's, just, it's this really rich red color. Um, I, I posted something to Twitter a while back that I thought was Qian colored. Uh, a famous Vermeer, uh, whose name escapes me at the, at the top of my moment, but it, it's just like it's like almost redder than red, 
um, which I, I think it kind of also designates, you know, like, like Hong more as like Zhu, like Cinnabar or like a, a deep kind of, um, you know, the red of, of passion, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Really red, like d rich, like crimson red. Definitely. Uh, um, yeah. Um, and so it's at this point that they're swapping belts, um, <laughs> that they're interrupted by Chopin. Uh, and he naturally suspects that they're up to something more than than what it appears. He's like he the jokey jin of this chapter. He, he's interrupting like uh, it, it's almost like when uh, Chin Jong and uh, I think Precious were, were talking behind the schoolhouse back in chapter eight. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, eight or nine, maybe. Uh, that this this whole scene kind of seemed like a uh, a replay of, of that but instead of uh yeah instead of being interrupted by Joki Jin uh they're interrupted by Shepan and in exactly the same way as that earlier scene the one doing the interrupting um clearly wishes they could join in you know <laughs> okay Shepan thinks that they're up to something and um <laughs> in the hawks at least he says um what are what are you two up to, leaving the party and sneaking off like this? Come on, take them out again and let's have a look. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, w one thing just to to note, I was I was just thinking of now. Yuhan um, uh, said that he received the belt from the Prince of Beijing, who we mentioned before, and who Baoyu had been to visit. Who's this also rather handsome young noble prince? Um, are we to understand then that Yuhan and uh, the Prince of Beijing are also sexual partners, um, and that maybe it's the gift from him as as part of that relationship? That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but uh, that seems, yeah, like a plausible hypothesis. Yeah. So, so they pretty much leave the they leave the party there, right? Yeah. Um, Baoyu heads home. Um, and when he returns, he discovers he's made a mistake. I mean, right. on, on a certain level, I think consciously he's made a mistake. Unconsciously, he is expressing himself. That's my that's my kind of psychoanalytic read of the situation. Because it turns out that the uh, the belt that he gave away was in fact one he had borrowed from uh, Hua Xiren. Uh, who happens to be, you know, apparently the object of of Jiang Yuhan's uh, affection, uh, and and so I'm reading that as his like unconsciously be like it's almost like he's saying, you know, hey, you know, if you want, it's almost as if he's offering Shiren to uh, Jiang Yuhan. Is that is that is that a a leap, or is that kind of a, a plausible? I, I don't think it's a leap. I don't think it's a leap, but I think it. I think yeah. There's 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 maybe quite a lot more going on at like a subconscious or subtextual level than uh, it, what maybe initially appears. Right. <laughs> Bayou feels very bad for having given her belt away anyway, and while she's asleep, he takes the belt that he received or takes the sash that he received and ties it around her waist, so that when she wakes up in the morning, he's like, ah. See, I, I got you. I got you a belt, you know. <laughs> and you know that um, really reminds me of when he pawned off uh, the Prince of uh, Beijing's, or uh, like 
quote-unquote rosary beads onto Dayu. It's the same, like... Yeah. Uh, he's, like, the ultimate, like, uh, I guess, like, gift bungler. It's amazing. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought it was exactly the same, right? Um, and just with that, just as with then, um, just in the same way that Dayu rejected that gift... Aroma also rejects this one. And I mean, yeah, again, it's the kind of gift bungler. Like, it's, 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 they're not really appropriate presents. And it's partly a kind of question of status, I suppose. Like, this is a gift that he has received from an actor and then passing it back on down to his servant. I, I don't know. I expect there's probably like quite kind of complex uh, social sort of norms attached with it. But also, like, it's very much associated with him and his, like, parties where they all get drunk and like you know uh get up to no good and so she would somehow be tainted by all that by taking the gift i suppose i mean um yeah it has for me it also has a gendered component to it just as i think dai uses something to the effect of you know i don't want these like these like uh these smelly like like male objects basically is what uh, crimson's yeah. remark is yeah. like very similar, I think. Aroma's, Aroma's remark. Uh, uh, Aroma's remark is, yeah, like, uh, indistinguishable from Dayu's earlier. She, she doesn't want this, like, stinking, like, guy object that he got, you know, at this, like, very masculine party. Yep, yep. Um, but after, after a kind of soothing and coaxing, uh, he manages to convince her to keep it. Um, but she, she kind of tucks it away in the corner of some chest somewhere and forgets about it although it is interesting like it, it speaks quite a lot about Bayou's character that he would just as natural as anything wear women's clothes um, <laughs> you know he was borrowing her belt in the first place and I, I, I don't know whether that's a particularly gendered item a belt um, but you know clearly he feels like a certain amount of ease in just taking clothes that belong to to women i Um, I mean yeah if you want to yeah if one wants to represent you know uh like gender as a spectrum uh bao yu would not be on the far end of the spectrum uh is my implicate is my sense of his representation here so next up we have the the gifts from the imperial palace right yeah more more gifts more bloody gifts yeah there's always just You know, always gifts from the Imperial House. So as we mentioned, Yuan Chun, like one of the young women of the house, was not so long ago been made a... Which, I mean, it's maybe quite a bit of time has now passed, but she's a she's an Imperial concubine. And um, she's sent over some gifts for the whole family. And she's sent different gifts. She She's sent broadly the same types of gifts to everyone, right? But there are kind of certain grades. So the best gifts are for Jia Zheng, Lady Wang, and Aunt Xue. So that's for her mother and father and for her mother's sister, basically. And then there are different gifts for Bao Yu and Bao Chai. And then there are different gifts still for other members of the family, including Dai Yu, basically. And so there's a very clear, like, um, I guess, meaning to be inferred from this, right? Which is that she's 
especially putting Baoyu and Baochai in the same category and excluding everyone else from that category. Right, and that's the first kind of... Um, it, it's a signaling that, yeah, you're like, you know, you should consider Baochai, you know, your, your prospective uh, marriage partner, right? It's pretty, like, pretty clear, right? But Baoyu doesn't get it. He thinks this must be a mistake. Surely she meant for Dayu to get the same gifts as me. Um, and uh, Aroma says, no, there was no mistake. They're all clearly labeled and, and things. Um, and so Baoyu thinks, oh, well, why don't I just send round my gifts to Dayu and ask if she wants any of them? Um, and once again, he's just, he's bungling <laughs> it. He's completely, like, failing to understand basic social conventions. And she politely but perfunctorily sends all of the gifts back and says, mind your own business. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the damage has been done, basically. His efforts are kind of uh, maybe in good uh, faith, but uh, ineffectual. So he goes to talk to her and says, you know, why did you, why did you send everything back? Um, and she... The th- the latest thing that's put her nose out of joint is this this present giving uh, saga, not necessarily his action, but the fact that she clearly has been placed in a different category to him, and more importantly to Balchai, and and he's saying no, you know, you're the only one for me, you know, that there's only four people who matter in my life, and those are my grandmother, my parents, and you, and there's no space for anyone else. Um, you know, they're they're kind of midway through this this row when Balchai happens to walk past, and in her kind of characteristic way, she's very considerate of other people's feelings, and she can see that she shouldn't interrupt. And she also knows that she's she's obviously not insensible to this gesture from Yuan Chun, you know, giving her exactly the same gifts as Bao Yu. And she's also heard. She's probably the most aware of all of them, to be honest. Yeah, and she's heard other people talking in the past, including her mother, about how she has this special gold locket, and the monk that gave it to her said she should only marry someone with a jade to match the gold. And obviously that's Baoyu because he carries this special jade around his neck. Um, and so she actually really doesn't want to talk to them right now. She would definitely rather steer clear. Um, but at the moment that she's passing. Baoyu happens to see her and asks if he can have a look at what are called her medicine beads, basically. So it's a little string of beads that she wears around her wrist. Um, And so she obliges, but she struggles to get the the bracelet off because she's a bit... They keep on referencing that, yeah, she's like, she, she sweats really easily. This is maybe like the third or fourth yeah. reference to this. <laughs> it's like a a light motif. Yeah, we've talked about this before, right? Like, um, yeah, yeah. The the like, Baochai and Dayu are very closely associated with two great beauties from um, Chinese history: Yang Guifei and Zhao Feiyan. Um, and they always said that Yang Guifei was plump, and Zhao Feiyan was skinny. Um, and this is part of the reason why they map so neatly onto Baochai and Dayu, right? So Baochai is, Dayu is very skinny and she has this very kind of 
rather severe personality and she's prone to wild swings of mood and um you know depressive episodes and you know ignoring people and and solitude and balchai is plump and she is very accommodating of others and she's very thoughtful about others and she's you know generally kind of very amenable and congenial um i just one quick aside uh, the, the way they describe her her sweat is in the most like uh i, I can't think of a more uh like ornate way to describe that someone is sweating than what they have here so it's it's in the original it's pifu feng zi. so it's like feng as in like uh like plentiful and, and zi, like uh as in like uh like like a damp or moist but also like a, a pool you know like i got i saw those that's so like uh it's like if you're gonna write a tong poem about uh like being a little too sweaty this is how you would how you would render it yeah well i'm uh, I'm reminded of that like um <laughs> a friend of mine said she, she was told by her mother that men sweat animals perspire but women like glisten or glow or something like that you know okay like, <laughs> yeah, that's very like, that's um, going on here like w- women do not sweat they kind of shimmer um, <laughs> is what she is what she was told by her very old-fashioned mother um just to point out just think of that that's here, lost a little bit in the hawks i, I don't know <laughs> yeah yeah you're right it is it is she is all it says is she perspired easily um so she's struggling to get the bracelet off and Bayou is very affected by the scene of her pulling the bracelet off and is kind of in a finds himself in a daze um staring at her beautiful white a snow arm. white actually is the uh, so hawks there has a snow white which is a direct uh translation uh sure by hmm. while he's staring this kind of yeah the, this poem comes to his head right um it's she's described as uh lian ruo yin pan so face like literally like a silver basin but really, I think it's an allusion to the moon, basically. Um, she has a face that kind of, like, somewhat is kind of glows like the moon, perhaps. Um, and her eyes are yan tong shui xiang. Her eyes were like water al- almonds. So, you know, uh, almond-shaped, I suppose, but also having a kind of, like, luminous quality, maybe. And that's a real, that's a stock kind of uh, uh, metaphor. Yeah. And yeah. then her lips are described as uh chun budian or han dan. Um so the the lips are not like painted basically. There's no literally no like droplets, no 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 spots on them. And yet they are they possess dan which is like redness, like a like a a bright redness, I think, right? Like a almost like a cinnabar, you know? Yeah. Like a redder than red. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, Mei Bu Hua, or Hong Cui. So the, uh, her eyebrows were not painted, but yet they were hung, which is to say like long. And Cui, we've mentioned so many times before, is, is kind of jade, jade-like, right? Yeah, yeah. I see the search. Uh, Cui appears 99 times <laughs> yeah. in, this, in this. Lots of like jade-like things in this novel. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Big surprise. Um, 
so yeah, so he he's lost in this kind of reverie of. I think it's probably the first time in the book that he really sees her as something more than just like a, a cousin. You exactly. Know? This is a really kind of uh, iconic, memorable scene that's always depicted. Yeah, I think if you if you're doing a a proper uh, adaptation of, of this of this work, and it even says it's it's a different kind of beauty than uh, Dai Yu. They say it very uh, explicitly in, in the next line, right? Uh, and so she finally got the bracelet off, and she holds it out to him. But she can see that he's just like transfixed in this kind of r- reverie. Um, so she just chucks the bracelet at him and walks off. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> Awkward. Uh, at that point, she sees Dayu standing nearby. Um, in the in the doorway, basically. Yeah, in the doorway, watching from the side, um, and she's. She's literally stuffed a handkerchief in her mouth to prevent the sound of her laughter, to to, to like silence her laughter. <laughs> and um, Balchai asks like what she's doing standing there. And um, she says she's been there the whole time, but she says she's seen a, a gawping goose recently. Um, you know, uh, and Balchai says, oh, where? Let me have a look. Um, and at that point, yeah, Dayu flicks, flicks her handkerchief and uh, in the direction of Bayou's face, uh, and it strikes him in the eye, um, and that is that's where the chapter ends, right? Yeah, he lets out an ayo, ayo, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and so, are we to assume the uh, the gawking goose is uh, Bayou? None other than or the, the right? silly goose. Yeah. Right. The the uh, which is I, a, it's, I, it's yeah, funny when the yeah silly goose exactly yeah. Um. <laughs> uh so yeah a classic uh about yeah. you like bungling just leaving a trail of destruction in his wake <laughs> so a lot a lot has happened in this chapter i think it's, and we've been we've been the kind of like we skimmed over a few things here and there as well so it was a fairly long chapter uh yeah highly eventful uh i, I thought the uh the games and poetry was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I always love the poetry chapters. They're 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 really good. Um, and yeah, some good stuff. We're we're really seeing like the progression of the relationship between Bayou and Dayu, although it's just a kind of moving car crash of a relationship, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Uh, does part of you want to like intervene? It's like, you know, like <laughs> he needs like some kind of. Um, maybe some more a, a thoughtful like friend who can like uh i don't know some kind of like advice yeah uh or just like steer him in the right direction uh so how about we we end it there um probably nothing more to say on this for now what do we have and so next time we'll come back with uh chapter 29 yeah. right chapter 29 uh in which the greatly bro- in which the greatly blessed pray <laughs> for yet greater blessings and the highly strong rise to new heights of passion. Okay. So we're going to find out what that means uh, next week. So thanks again for listening. Uh, we, we love all the, the feedback and uh, comments, critique. Um, so thanks for joining us so far. And we hope hope to see you uh, in the next uh, upcoming chapters. Yeah, thanks, everyone. And so this has been Rereading the Stone. Um, we are on Twitter. Uh, 
you can add us at Rereading Stone. Uh, we also got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash rereadingthestone. Uh, so until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.